Mr. Speed, and you're listening to Podkist. All right, Kiss Army. You wanted the best? You got the best. Now close your eyes. You're about to be podcast. Hi, this is Ken Mills. Welcome to Podkiss 55. Just got some big news. Congratulations to Mr. Speed. Mr. Speed won the Kiss and Monster Mini Golf search for the Ultimate Kiss Tribute Band with its first ever Kiss Off, judged by Kiss guitarist Tommy Thayer at the Hard Rock Hotel Las Vegas. Mr. Speed will perform live at the grand opening event. So congrats, Mr. Speed, from all of us here at the Podkist. In this installment, we'll be taking a very close look at the face of KISS. There's probably no other band in rock history whose image is as central to their identity. Throughout history, there's always been a kind of tension between the two opposing forces. On one hand, KISS is always changing. On the other hand, the more things change, the more they stay the same. As always, our goal on podcast is to toss it under a microscope, discuss what we see, and celebrate the hottest band in the land. But fasten your seatbelt. This is one topic that really gets the KISS Army talking. So here we go. Let's listen together. In the beginning, there was the demon, the star child. Um, actually, in the beginning, there was the bandit. Ah, right, as I was saying, there was the cat, and the space ace. Later, there was the fox. Actually, there was the hawk. Right, there was the fox. Um, which was really just the cat makeup without the whiskers, right? Then there was the Egyptian warrior. What the hell was that? Right. Well, maybe it's not so easy to come up with great makeup designs. One of the topics that divides KISS fans the most is the makeup, specifically who should or should not be wearing what. With that in mind, I want to ask you, the PodKISS panel, and you, the KISS Army, can you come up with new makeup designs for Tommy Thayer and Eric Singer? Ladies and gentlemen, the cows! Ladies and gentlemen, the pirate! The dog? The panda? Hello, welcome to your podcast. Joining me right now are two podcast alumni. You know them, you love them, you've heard them before. We got Cassius Morris from Creatures of the Net. Cassius, welcome again. Hello, thank you for having me. And we've got the Wookiee of podcast, Mr. Matt Porter. How are you? <laughs> Fantastic. Excellent. <laughs> Good to have you guys on, and uh, it's been it's been a while since Kissmas, but that was a blast. And Ken sends his best. He just moved into a new place, and I don't even know if he's got his computer set up yet. But he says hello to everybody, and looking forward to having him on. Hopefully next next time. But this is podcast number fifty five, and you know we <laughs> we we avoided this for a while. Uh, I think you know we avoided this topic not because uh, not because it's it's not an important topic or one that people talk about i think we avoided it for a, a number of reasons to be honest with you i think it's a scary topic it probably is the one topic that most divides kiss fans because everybody has their version of kiss right it's either the originals or nothing or, well, I'll take a little of this, and we'll take a little of that, and some people love Eric Carr the most, and let's put a little bit of column A with a little bit of column B. But, you know, then, of course, that's really that's really the biggest thing, is then who should wear what makeup? Should Tommy and Eric be in the classic Ace and Peter makeup? In, in that little piece that you just heard, I referred to it as Demon, Star Child, Cat, and Space Ace, but, of course, those are really 
it's Gene, Paul, Ace, and Peter. And I know that just from talk, if you read any message board or any thread or anything for about two seconds, somehow it's going to kind of devolve into, well, you know, if they weren't wearing the makeup, things would be a lot better and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so, I mean, you guys noticed that? Yeah, of course. Well, Cassius, you became, what, what year did you become a fan? It was, what? Uh, well, well, I've uh, gone back and forth between many years because it's hard to remember at this point, but I've been a fan for about four years now. Okay. And so, I mean, you, th- this was like ancient history by the time you, you got on board because, you know, the die was cast. Right. So, I mean, when you've, when you, and, and I, and I want to respond, I mean, we're going to get into this, but I, I want to respond also to, you know, to Matt, what you said about whether that's the the demon, the star child, and so on, or whether it's, you know, Gene Paul and so on, because I, I've got, I, I, I see both. I see it both ways, but we'll get there. Mm-hmm. Um, Cassius, let me ask you something. Because you became a fan when that had already been decided, when this lineup was was the lineup, and they were looking like this, how did it hit you to to kind of work your way backwards and see, oh, gee, okay, so they're wearing these guys' makeup? Uh, see, that's an interesting question, and I'm actually glad that you asked me that, um, because it was it was very interesting. Uh, I first discovered Kiss... Um, you know, well, you know, I discovered them very early on, but um, I guess I really became a big fan about uh, four years ago. So I guess that's kind of why the years go back and forth. But you know, I used to always, you know, look at the back of CDs and uh, record stores and see Ace and Peter and uh, with Gene and Paul in the in the makeup on the like you know on the back of the Psycho Circus and it said all their nicknames and blah blah blah. And I was familiar with who those characters were and who played them, and. Um, in the fifth grade, when I really started to become a huge Kiss fan, I, after we got the tickets, or right before we got the tickets for the first concert, I can't remember, because that's um, actually, ironically enough, the uh, first Kiss concert I went to was announced a few days after I became a Kiss fan, which was nice. fantastic, yeah. So, um, I was expecting to go see Ace and Peter with Gene and Paul, and then all of a sudden I said, wait a minute, I got the Kiss Alive 35 poster, which I'm actually staring at right now in front of my desk, and I said... They look really weird. They've aged really gracefully, and they've Ace has gotten younger. <laughs> so I don't know. What's, I don't know what's up. So I so I went on Kiss Online and I started reading the bios, and they had like ask um ask the band questions section back then, and there was Tommy and Eric. I said, "Huh, who's that? They're in their makeup." And I went through a day out outraged about it, but then the next day I was fine. And uh, I think that since I had that discovery early on, and it wasn't um. You know, I wasn't. I was never a fan with the current lineup being Ace and Peter in the makeup. That's probably why I'm more accepting to it than other fans. So I'm kind of biased because that was the line. That was my first lineup, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Me- so me- you know, meaning yeah. that you were meaning that you that the current lineup when you became a fan wasn't the originals. So like, right. So it was easier yeah. for me to adapt to. Like I wasn't offended by it because you know Ace and Peter were my childhood heroes. No, they weren't because I just discovered Kiss with this lineup. Right. Right. But it's interesting. I mean, that's I think that some people who are going to listen to this are going to say, oh, see, see, we told you so, because <laughs> had they, they had you fooled. Well, it's not I would say it's not about whether or not they should be in the band. I think the current lineup is great. It's whether but it is kind of about should they be wearing the classic makeup or and this is my challenge to everybody who who quickly goes to the I hate it just because they're wearing the makeup can you come up with something better? Right. You know, and I don't think you can. I mean, and that's, I think, the, the, it's really one of the, or, or maybe the greatest thing about that original lineup is those designs are so strong mm-hmm. and so identifiable that even they had a hard time coming up with new ones. When Eric, you know, they went through the Fox makeup, but to get to the Fox makeup, they threw out the Hawk makeup. Right. Well, who knows how many other ones that we never even saw. And is there something out there? Like, could the people that really hate, oh, he shouldn't be wearing Ace's makeup. All right, come up with something better. Let's see it. We're all waiting. And that was kind of my point was, I think that those original designs are so strong that even the original members themselves who came up with the original concept and created Kiss as we know it, they can't come up with something better than those four designs. None of us can. I don't think so anyway. I don't think so either. Um, unless you want to go with like with the ones that um, 
uh, all the podcast listeners heard in the audio piece earlier. Giraffe man, groundhog man. I don't think that's going to fly. Panda. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the panda, you know, I don't think so. Well, now, and it's interesting because, um, you know, the counter argument to that is or has has often been. Um, well, it did fly. You know, people love Eric Carr. He, you know, they were they, they were accepted as the the fox and the the Egyptian warrior. You know, right. f- fans didn't leave the concerts angry. But you know, here's the big gi- you know, big giant hole in that argument. Right, the big giant mm-hmm. hole in that argument is that Kiss weren't doing very well when that happened. Now, exactly. I I'm not, and I would never uh, blame. <laughs> Blame the makeup changes uh, for the diminishing audience. I think that Kiss did a lot. Uh, the, you know, there was a lot that happened that made the audiences start to disappear around like '82 and '83 and all that stuff. And you know, mm-hmm. disco and the Elder and whatnot may have had just a, and just the fact that Kiss may have overstayed their welcome as you know the biggest band in the world. Right. Um, but by that same token, people have blamed. Uh, the current lineup's decision oh. to wear Ace and Peter makeup for slumping ticket sales back six, seven, eight years ago. Yeah. Right. And and I think that that's as much of a of a fallacy uh, as it as it would be to say, well, you know, look what happened when they invented new characters; the audiences disappeared. Right. 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 So, you know, so we've seen where they invented new characters and had you know success and failure. We've seen where they kept the old characters and they had success and failure. And I think that really they're having a lot more success right now. Absolutely. And it seems like they're having, especially Paul, I mean, they're having so much fun with this lineup. They're loving it. And you can tell, like, um, there was that one video, um, like, Kiss 100,000 Years Live or something. And it's in the middle, like, in the breakdown where Paul's doing the do you feel all right and stuff. And you can just see Tommy and Paul. Paul sings something and then Tommy plays it plays it on his guitar. Do you guys know that clip I'm talking yeah, about? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and the way they're interacting there is so that's what I love to see in a band. It's like they're on stage, that's not scripted. They're just doing it spur of the moment and they seem really happy doing it too. I love seeing things like that. And I haven't seen that happen since the 70s uh, in videos, you know, uh, since the 70s. I wasn't even around, but in videos <laughs> of the 70s um for and when I did see it in the '70s videos, it was very rarely, rarely. So it happens a lot more now. So I definitely love that aspect of it for sure. Yeah, there's there's a real there's a nice feel uh, right now with this lineup, and they seem very very comfortable. I think, you know, I think the whole idea of this being a debate is is in some respects artificial. And here's why I'm going to say that. Um, I think <laughs> uh, a lot of times. When something is true, the opposite is also true. And I think debating this, in some respects, is silly because I think we can all be on the same page. I I think it's very possible to be disappointed by the fact that it's not Ace in Ace's makeup and it's not Peter in Peter's makeup. And also be really excited about what this lineup is. Right. Does that make sense? That's you know, that's exactly I, how I feel. Well, see, I think I think in a lot of ways it's first of all the fact that here it is the year 2012, and we can still be guessing what will the new costumes look exactly. like. Exactly, I love it. God bless them. I mean, the fact that who would have thought that you know if you would have told me when I was eight that here I could be in the year 2012 <laughs> still talking about Kiss and wondering what the new costumes <laughs> would look like. That's pretty great, right. you know. So I think in my mind that's still one of the hallmarks of it is that it's just always been something to be excited about. So it's really it's the kind of thing where you know it's what everything we just talked about. The fact was that when they did go to Eric Carr or they did go to Vinnie Vincent, they did go to different makeup. So if this is the first time they ever kind of went back, you know, and to me that's the only difference. I mean, I remember standing in the record store when they when Lick It Up came out, and these people are going, "Well, gee, that's what Ace and Peter look like," and, and looking at you know, the cover, and now they don't have the makeup. And you go, "No, no, 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 you're not you're not paying attention," right. you know. That was my um, yeah, that was my first awareness of of Vinnie Vincent because, you know, it was so not well. I mean. We can go into that another time, but like I really didn't even know that he had, you know, that Ace was gone, and I didn't know that there was a Vinnie Vincent until until I saw the Lick It Up cover. And in fact, I didn't. It seems know like that. a lot of people didn't know that Ace was gone. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, and they did a good job of always trying to keep everything, you know, they wouldn't give you great details. And, and I think the one thing, and this almost seems impossible to remember, but clearly all this with <laughs> that lineup change was all way pre-internet. You know, you didn't have, you couldn't report on their every move. You know, hey, today they did this and that and the other. And so, so things were, you were able to keep things a little more close to whatever you wanted the message to be. They were able to control it. So if they wanted us to only have a certain amount of information, they could control it. Now with the Internet, you know, you could you'd never pull the makeup gimmick off again. You right. know, no band will ever do it because how could you? you? You walk out for two seconds, there's 25 people with cell phone cameras. Yeah. Oh, well, that gimmick is over. <laughs> and I'll tell you something else that the Internet has resulted in. Any... Any chance that Kiss ever had, or any effort that they might have made, at 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 having the anonymity of uh, Tommy Thayer and Eric Singer, right? At at having it matter less who's in the makeup and having it matter more that it's those characters. Any chance mm-hmm. of that is gone because just the you know the sort of the outcry or outrage alone. <laughs> has made Tommy Thayer and Eric Singer superstars. Right. Yeah. Right? I mean, Eric Singer was already you know, important to Kiss in a lot of ways. And, I mean, I knew who Tommy Thayer was, and I was a, a fan of his songwriting and his contributions behind the scenes. So I was, I was actually very happy that it was him. I want to go back to Kiss when they're really starting out, okay? so Me too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. No, if, <laughs> if only. Um, I want to go back to, like, 72, 73, because... You know, even in that um, intro, which fabulous job, by the way, Matt. Well done. Thank you. Um, Even then, you know, we're talking about, no, it's really the bandit makeup, right? Um, Are you clear on who created Paul's makeup? You know, I mean, they've always said it was them. And I really do believe they did come up with their original makeup, um, you know, and certainly, obviously, Bill O'Coyne, Sean Delaney, the people around him may have had some influence. I don't think they've ever, I've never seen any, any indication that from what they have always said that they were the ones who created their makeup. Well, they you were know? the ones who created their makeup. But as I understand it, Ace was the one who said to Paul, how about you do one star over one eye? Yeah, that's what I heard too. It wasn't it going to be two stars at first, and then yeah. Ace suggested one. Yeah, that's what I understand, and I've you know I, I've not heard otherwise. But you know, and so not you know that's not a big deal, right? I don't care. <laughs> like <laughs> Paul, Paul brought that character to life, and by the way, we're recording this on the eve of his 60th birthday. So happy, yeah, happy birthday, Paul! Right on. And you know, it, to me, it doesn't so much matter, you know, because. For, for all, you know, I don't care if Gene said, hey, Peter, you know, how about like two whiskers on each side instead of three? Like, who cares? You know, the, the, that was Kiss and they made that <coughs> magic happen. Um, but I think <laughs> I think we need to think a little more liberally about, you know, people being sort of like taking ownership or being proprietary about like, this is my makeup. Well, yes and no. It's Kiss's makeup. And yeah. not, not because of buying and selling the rights to it but because I do believe that they all created it together. That's a good point. And the original energy of the band is four-wheel drive, no doubt about it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the things that most people really overlook is the fact that when you watch those early ones, watch those early videos, and they look, every one of them looks like a spring ready to just explode. They have so much energy. And the fact that everybody is singing and they're, they're... all playing off each other those early clips the energy is undeniable so to Winter say land, that you know yeah you look at that and you say that's where the four of them were <laughs> creating what would be the magic that we all love right so i'm sure they influenced each other because i'm sure they're looking across and going you know you would look cooler if you had this or that or you know and, and they're all very creative so i'm sure that they i'm sure that there's no doubt they would have influenced each other's design as I think anything, it's anything in its raw form when it's young like that, you, you're, that's when you're building an idea. That's the best part of almost everything, those early days. So I'm sure that that had a lot to do with, you know, they're each looking over going, you know, if you did this or that, that'd be cool. <laughs> and here's a clip of Kiss in those early days. Let's listen to this. Uh-huh. 
You know, I, when we go back to those early days, it, it gets me thinking about something. So Gene and Paul, uh, we know that they wanted something theatrical, and that's part of why they dissolved Wicked Lester, or at least that's what we're told, right? Right. But, you know, what's interesting about that is that we don't, I don't really know how much there is to say about whether or not Ace and Peter were hoping for something theatrical. I know that they wanted a high-energy rock band, like Ace talks about being a fan of The Who and sort of like right. Hendrix, you know, who, all of whom are very theatrical. But do you guys think, look, there wouldn't have been a kiss without those four guys, and I, I would never say otherwise, but do you think uh, that had there never been a kiss, that Ace and Peter would have gone on to, to do something as visual as Gene and Paul? Um, you know, I'm not sure. It's just, I'm just trying to deal with the with the thought of, not having Ace and Peter in the original band. That's freaking me out, so it's hard right. to... No, there wouldn't have been... No, no, no. I mean, look, there wouldn't have been a kiss. So so let's say, you know, like... That's kiss, even worse. Kiss is those... No, it's, kiss, it's an you know, excellent kiss point. What's that? It, you know, it really, it really is an excellent point, the way that... And in fact, in fact, really, I never really have thought about that. You always think about the four of them with the makeup, You and, you know, you think of Gene and Peter, especially telling the story. You know, Gene calls him up and says, would you do anything to make it? Would you wear a right. dress? Would you wear... And you go, but you know what? That's true. You know, and, and I don't really know that I, that any of them have ever really said who said first. Wouldn't it be great if we all had full face makeup? And it, it really, that is a really good point. You know, it's something where you do. I think, and I mean, I certainly think of it as always this four guys that really had the same idea. But you know what? We really don't know for sure that all of them went. Oh yeah, that's a great idea. Maybe you know. Hey, you know, we really like being this band. I don't want to quit because they want me to work. You know, they, we won't keep doing this forever, <laughs> right. right? We'll take it off after a while. It's kind of a pain. <laughs> That's a really interesting point, Matt. I've, yeah. I've never thought of that either. And um, just also speaking of, you know, you mentioned that uh, we're never sure who really said, you know, let, let's put on this makeup. I've heard several different, well, uh, a couple different variations of the story from the from the um, Gene and Paul, really, and. I want to know if you guys have heard these. First of all, I heard that they all just kind of it evolved over the early days. You know, the bandit, then um, you know, the star child, and then I've heard. I also heard them say in an interview that they were backstage and they put it on just as a goof, and then the fans liked it. And I also heard that they found backstage at another show clown makeup and they put that on, and then they evolved into their characters. So I'm not even sure. Um, Who's, who brought it up either so that's kind of interesting I guess and we've all seen we pictures look. of them do, trying out the kind of like glam New York dolls thing right, right. And, and that didn't work not working or whatever but and they weren't the first band doing it I mean we give Kiss credit where credit is due and they deserve a lot of it in terms of making that uh, you know ma- bringing that to superstar levels but you know there were bands the Hello People is one band but they were kind of mimes like that was actually their shtick that they were mimes so if you everyone googles the hello people uh <laughs> that was a i think early 70s or late 60s rock band and then hmm. um you know uh, there was a band obviously alice cooper uh, alice right. cooper but you know, you know where it was the one guy right and he i mean it was just mm-hmm. right and i mean clearly they've never made any secret of how influential he was right or the i'm looking at the hello people right now right you see do you see them? I mean, it's, I mean the one guy looks like me with the afro. <laughs> you know that that seems to be the story they share the most is that they all went to see Alice Cooper and ran down front and were all like just mesmerized and said, "Well, if one Alice Cooper is good, what if there was four right. hits?" And right. and that seems to be you know really one of the genesis of the makeup. Um, really, I don't know if you know, they they all went into a phone booth to avoid getting beat up or a photo booth, and Dizzy the Wizard threw them all the talisman. I thought that was... That was That's scary. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dizzy, the play hard, play fair, nobody hurt. <laughs> right. uh, Not familiar I, with it. <laughs> Kiss comic book, the first Marvel super special. Oh, that okay. It, and they get right, okay. Yeah. I, I read it in the compendium, not as good, but you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, less, <laughs> it's, it's, it's still as great, but there's less blood. Right, exactly. yeah, for all you, everybody who remembers being printed in Kiss Blood. Right. <laughs> um, well, so 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 there's the Hello People, right? And then there's, I think, a band called, uh, I, I'm going to blow the pronunciation, but Seco, Seco e Malado, I think. God bless you. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Seco e Melados, I think, um, is a Brazilian rock band. 
and they sing in Portuguese. They were from probably about 72, 3, right around that same time. Full hmm. makeup. Wow, they look crazy. They look great. You see those guys? Yeah, they look they look very cool. Yeah. I mean, really different style of music from Kiss, but you know, still you know, still with the makeup, but Kiss made it work, right? And and it wouldn't have worked had it not been those four guys. But here's the thing, right? We now we're all saying or I think we're all on the same page here, which is that it, Kiss influenced Kiss. Yeah. Right. Right. And it, and like Gene deserves credit for the demon, but so do Ace and Paul and Peter in some respects. Right. Okay. So now we extend that out to 1980. Right. Peter leaves and they get a new guy. And it's the wonderful Eric Carr. But here's my here's my thought about that. All right. Eric Carr wasn't going around saying, gee, I really like to wear makeup. (laughs) <laughs> and so already it's it's not the same as when it was those four original guys you know like you were saying Cassius like you know backstage and there's some clown makeup or having right. some discussion somewhere with egg crates on the wall whatever <laughs> already it's something a little contrived well, not necessarily contrived, but certainly tried and true. They're looking at an Eric, and Eric's a fan. Like, I mean, that's something totally different. Imagine that is like when they started the band, it's four young guys trying to do something. By the time Eric Carr comes in, he's asking for autographs. I mean, it's a totally different vibe right. because, you know, they're coming in now going, okay, we need to find somebody to replace, you know, Peter Chris, and he's coming in going, oh, my God, it's Kiss. <laughs> right. Right, but it's maybe contrived isn't the right word, but it's the difference between, oh, hey, look what's happening versus this has to happen. Right. Right, yeah. True. Right? And so when it's, when it's you know, oh, hey, look what's happening, th- then you get a band where everybody's kind of influencing everybody else. And, and again, I'm not taking credit away from those four guys making their own characters. Right. You know, because Ace brought his character to life just like Paul brought his character to life and so on. But... You know, it, 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 it's not like uh, in 1980, it was the same kind of natural thing. It was, you have to wear makeup, we have to come up with something. Right. right. And you, you know something that's interesting? Um, so when people are always talking about if Tommy and Eric had a new makeup design, blah, 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 they say, you know, uh, is it like the pandas and the audio clip, or, you know, like <laughs> the gopher or the giraffe or something like that, the armadillo or something stupid, the duck, and but... Everybody always, it seems like everybody defaults to animals. But if you think about it, Vinnie Vincent was the Ankh or the Egyptian warrior. So he wasn't an animal. So that just gives a little people some, um, I, I, it's interesting. It's like we need to open our minds a little more because, you know, I think we're going to have something where uh, you guys can submit your ideas for designs. And we'll talk about that later in the show. So just a little tip to you guys. Well, that's, that's, that's even perfect, though. In fact, when you think about it, other than Peter, which is a cat, and Eric as a fox, none of them are really animals. You right. have a demon or a, the star child and the space ace. It's almost, I think, almost elemental. Like, that. Like you know, you have these almost elements. Like, you know, Paul was often referred to also as the lover, not the star child. Right. the lover of kids. So, so really, I think a lot of people do, like, in, I was making a joke in that piece that, you know, that they would be these animals. But even that, are there other elements? Without turning the band into earth, wind, and fire, you know, <laughs> what would you do? You know, is there, are there other, you know, distinct kind of elements that they could be? Right. I really hope they don't do the seasons thing. That'd be terrible. Hey, right. Here's Wind Boy. <laughs> or like Leaf in Spinal man. Tap where it's, uh, what does she do, the, like, uh, Astrological signs, <laughs> yeah, and then and then and then here's where it gets trickier, right? So you were talking about uh, Cassius, you were talking about the Egyptian warrior, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, uh, he didn't make that makeup design, did he? No, he didn't. Paul did. Yeah. Right. So it it further I don't know dilutes it, I guess to some extent. Yeah, in a way. In a way, I guess. I don't know. Matt, what do you think? Well, going back to what you said, I mean, in the early days, how they probably helped each other come up with something. And certainly Paul, as he's proven over the years, he's very artistic. 
probably was like everybody else frustrated thinking what are we going to do he's sitting at home sketching stuff probably like that's who knows maybe there's a sketchbook somewhere with a million different Paul designs for what could they put on the guy who knows how fascinating that would be but I mean he's like everybody else they're probably thinking well we want to get an album out we want to get on tour we got to do something we got to come up with something for this guy's makeup and and uh, you know who knows he could have gone through however many designs before he came up with that right well now l- let's 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 follow history forward from this point and we'll we'll take a quick break from the commentary and we'll actually listen to something from the creatures era uh, as a tip of the hat to uh, what was a great lineup and the thunderous sound of Eric Carr and Vinnie Vincent. So it's here's great. Kiss on the Creatures tour. So the creature's era ends, and so does the makeup, and then begins 13 years of, uh, you know, some lots of changes, and then some sta- stability, and then some more changes, and throughout which, at various points, fans were clamoring for Kiss to put the makeup back on. And this is, you know, and this is that time period that, Matt, you and I have talked about as um, kind of a nostalgic time now, Right. You know, and that's the thing. I mean, when you would when you would think about it, then it was that was the question. Not should they put the makeup, but would Ace and Peter come back? Who would be in the band? They should get back with the original members. 
I personally, I really like that whole time period. I think those are a lot of good albums. It is a very different time period. I mean, you have a definitely a different band than the original band, but I, I still love that. I mean, that's that was stuff, like I said, I mean, I was a teenager growing up and, and loved all that stuff, and it really, in so many ways, I guess, is maybe it's the soundtrack of that period of my life, which was an awful lot of fun. So uh, I really do like a lot of that stuff, maybe more so than people who are discovering everything at once and going, well, gee, that middle stuff maybe you know doesn't fit as well as the first stuff. But the, uh, you know, it's it it was it was a very different time. Well, and I'll they, tell you, I'm I'm very nostalgic for that era as well. I was, um, I mean, that was elementary and middle school for me, but um, a great time nonetheless. And 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 here's here's where you get into the zone of careful what you wish for, okay? Because Yes, everybody on some level, I think, maybe, um, was interested in, at least curious about, or really passionately hoping that Kiss would put the makeup back on. Um, and I, and I, I was in no rush to see that happen. I was really enjoying the Revenge era. I loved the Carr and, and uh, Kulik lineup as well. Um, but this is where you go careful what you wish for because it just might happen right because kiss did put the makeup back on and here's what i think here's what i think we lost okay matt do you remember during the 80s like animal eyes asylum all that time that kiss were all over the magazine still right you know definitely they had become part of that big group now you started to have your poison and mm-hmm. quiet riot and everybody they had become more of part of the pack than the top of the heap i mean obviously in the 70s that was the band right you know and there were and but by the 80s now it's you have they became lumped in with a bigger group now to me it was always and i always say this is kiss was the re like every reason why i listened to all the hair metal bands was because i was always trying to say okay could you know i like kiss is there anything out there like that and that was the closest stuff but they became part of that pack they became part of that whole kind of heavy metal mania group at the time yeah and and here's and here's the thing about that okay because i because i was buying those magazines and reading them at the time and everything the characters continued and some people may scream no and they may argue with that and I, and I understand on the surface that may not it may not appear to be true because they lost the makeup and the mystique and all of that was gone but the characters continued because if you read those magazines gene was still playing a role and Paul was still playing a role right. And, right. and in fact the whole band was in character being Kiss the Playboys the you know the ladies men the you know the rock stars it was still very much about you know rock and roll night party every day if you watch uh, the exposed video they were it's in exposed, character right. yeah well, I think we, we talked about that a little bit I think on one of the I think it was on the last one where would they have survived through the eighties had they not taken the makeup off. Right. And 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 I think everybody kind of decided that maybe they wouldn't have, you know, that they wouldn't have made it out. They either would have gotten tired of you know putting the makeup on. And certainly they all had pursuits in mind. Like Gene wants to go be an actor. If they're still trying to do the makeup, can't do it. You know, and, and I think that, you know, it, it would have burned them out had they kept the makeup on through that period we probably wouldn't even be talking about this now. I think that's a great point, Matt, and I'll tell you something. I don't think that they would have been able to stay in character with the makeup on. I, I think back to those, you know, mid-80s, late-80s days, and Paul was, you know, they were still hamming it up a lot. By the time, oh, yeah. once they put the makeup back on, I, I actually think that that is where the characters died. Hmm. You know, I think it's funny you'd say it because I think really to me, it, when when they did the reunion tour, the thing that was great was that it brought in a whole new generation of people that had just never, that were either weren't even born or had never seen the makeup. And it really was such an amazing shot in the arm for everything that was going on. To me, it's really, it, the difference is now we just, we knew what they looked like. That's right. But the great, but the great thing was from 10 rows back, it's 1978. They haven't aged a day. And wow, look at this. And, and, and it was <laughs> amazing you know, to, to see that happen and for them to be huge again. Like, who would have thought that? You know, that, they, that by putting the makeup back on and we know what they look like, nobody cares. It's still bigger than ever in, you oh, know, in those reunion days, you know? I, I, you know, and I had a blast every time I saw them, 
you know, between 96 and, and, and 2000, it was, it was really great. It's, for me, though, I think why, why I say that the characters die is because when you go back to the animalized asylum, crazy nights, all that stuff, right? They mm-hmm. weren't talking about themselves as as a as a rock band with ups and downs and all that stuff in quite the same way as they had to uh, once they put the makeup back on. I, 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 mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm making myself clear, but like when, you know, Gene in all of his Asylum era glory. <laughs> with the sequined uh, golden girls uh jacket, right? yeah. his highest moment he ha- yeah definitely right yeah the peak of his career um he had to sell that because that's where he was right then and that's what kiss was right then and he had to be a badass about it in spite of how it looked and all that stuff but when you put but when you go from you know through all of that stuff and then he and then it's like oh look i'm the demon again no. That's where I feel like it's watching an actor rather than, you know, you're a rock star. Now you're kind of an actor. That's a really good point, actually. And sometimes I get asked, you know, were you ever scared of Kiss as a little kid or blah, blah, blah? No, because I was watching Family Jewels before I ever heard a Kiss song. And right. when you're seeing Gene Simmons in his red footy pajamas trapped on the roof trying to catch a raccoon, right. you're not scared of the demon spitting blood because, oh, that's, you know, that's the guy that was, you know, that's the guy that's goofing around scared of ghosts on a ship. And actually, we had um, another Matt, Matt Walters, right, did a, sort of an opinion piece, like an, an, an op-ed piece, I guess is what you say, right, a few episodes back, a few months back, right, where he was talking about some of that makeup debate, a little bit touching on this subject. And he brought up something interesting, which was that when they recorded Psycho Circus, Ace brought in a song that was an Ace song. It was something that came from him, and he co-wrote it with his bass player, blah, blah, blah. And what wound up happening was that Gene and Paul got their hands on it and had to turn it into a Spaceman song. And that's how we got into the void. Right. Right, yeah. It does sound kind of forced. Well, so 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 right. So this is the thing, is that uh, it, it's it, it's really not a natural progression, and they are acting on some level once the makeup right. goes back on. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. I mean, because the reason I say it felt a little forced is probably it's because it. I guess force isn't the word. It just feels a little acted because Ace was like, it's like he was trying to throw in every word that involved the galaxy possible black hole into the void, you know, things like that. And it's just, he, it just seemed like he was trying to uh, ham up the character. And that's not what he brought in. I mean, I think that there was, uh, you know, my, my guess is that there was, uh, you know, outside influence from bandmates or from the producer or from whatever to, to, to make it like, Oh, here's the space song right and i mean right that's been a criticism of when lightning strikes to some extent it's like oh it's a lightning song because you know ace got you know electrocuted and now on the new album it's what is it out of this world is the tommy song and, and you, <laughs> you know what that's gonna what that's gonna look like on the message boards it's right but you know what i think right. in a way and, and with the idea of the makeup clearly pun intended they had painted themselves into a corner <laughs> of the fact that we as fans expected a certain thing so maybe as artists they wanted to go do something else but they're saying it's they'll give the people what they want clearly the reunion tour was so huge that it's the the problem uh, the best and worst thing about being very successful is now you're you're going to do that song for the rest of your life because we want to hear it you know and then they always say this is one of the things about their you know the kiss cruise oh well we're only going to do these songs because all the diehards are here do you think that the reunion tour brought in a whole new generation of fans that continue to be fans that aren't as familiar with the stuff as we are. Hmm. Very interesting. Certainly Gene Simmons' Family Jewels brought in a whole new crowd. Right. A lot of them, I don't think a lot of them even know that there's a band called Kiss. You know, (laughs) if you go on, if you ever go on uh, Gene's page sometimes, some of these people, I don't think they're aware of anything beyond Family Jewels. No, they they're bringing old- in oh, my mother-in-law, and she's seventy-five, right. and I, I love her. <laughs> and and she's you know she watches Family Jewels, and my grandma watches Family Jewels. Right, 
Right. It's hilarious. She's like, oh, gee, sometimes she, when I'm talking about Kiss, she'll say, yeah, well, you know, Shannon's from Canada. That's, that's all she talks about is family jewels. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, that wraps up part one of this two-part podcast discussion. Before we go, we want to leave you with two killer cuts, one from 1985, the other from 2009. Thank you for listening, and tune in next week for the rest of this discussion.
That is our show. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to check us out on the web at www.podcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook and on iTunes. If you'd like to contact the podcast, please drop us a line at podcast at gmail.com. Big thanks to Julian and everyone at kissfaq.com. They've got great information there and a terrific message board, too. Thanks also to Keith LaRue and everyone else at Kiss Online for their great work representing the hottest band in the land. And as always, a big thanks to Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Ace Fraley, Peter Chris, Vinnie Vincent, Bruce Kulick, Eric Singer, Tommy Thayer, and the memory of the late great Eric Carr, and the late great Mark St. John. You are KISS, and we are your army. Podcast is created by the KISS Army for the KISS Army, and it is available for free as an internet download. If you like what you hear on our show, go buy it and support the people who made it. Podcast is not affiliated with KISS or any of its members past or present. On behalf of myself, Ken, and the whole rest of the Podkiss crew, thank you for listening to Podkiss, the KISS fanzine for your ears. And we've got Matt Porter, the Matt Porter, not a Matt Porter. He does not come in six packs, although if he did, we wouldn't want to drink that. All right, so hang on. Okay. Um, and who has never had a six pack? <laughs> okay, anyway.